most people agree that transparency is long overdue, especially in our, well, I mean, in our province, we're in Ontario, but nationally, this is something that has been in the news for quite some time. It gains more headlines when the bidding wars take hold and when blind bidding is, is one of those driving forces that uh, people blame for prices going up and all that. And uh, that's a discussion for another day, but it doesn't change the fact that transparency has been lacking and the ability for realtors to disclose information has been limited by regulation. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. All right. Okay. We are officially live in multiple places and on multiple streams right now. A thousand people. That's yeah. it. <laughs> the thousand the droves. We've we've actually got to tell our bouncers to cool down a bit now and start letting more people in. They don't they don't need to hold the line outside anymore. Stop checking IDs. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to everybody. As you're uh, as you're joining us here, this is a uh, uh, a guest that we've been uh, very excited to have on, and I know a lot of people who have signed up for this are excited to see you as well. And so, uh, without uh, without dwelling on too wordiness on my end, which is what I always tend to do, I want to welcome Eric Bryant to us here, um, the North American representative. You're the it says you're the director of operations USA, but you're really you're North America, right? Like you, yeah, you, yeah. So. Uh, the basically the guy who is running the show on this side of the ocean for open, which is uh, uh, a company that some of us may be familiar with, some of us may not. And I think uh, by the end of this discussion, hopefully we're all a lot more familiar with uh, who they are, what they do, and uh, how that will serve our industry. Uh, so welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Great. Did, maybe do you want to tell us a little bit about how you started with open? Uh, sure. That's actually a very interesting conversation. I started in September of last year, so it's only been nine, 10 months, whatever that might be. Okay. Uh, I was the national accounts director for First American Data and Analytics. So I basically sold data to the industry, right? And that was uh, public record data, mostly property records and deeds and mortgages, stuff like that. Uh, Open came to me as a part of the REACH program. For, through Australia, which is a provided, it's a program, it's an incubator that's supported by the National Association of Realtors. Uh, and we at First American were a sponsor of the program. So there you go. The connection was there. They came to us and started talking about data they needed. Uh, and I learned about their product. I learned about the, them in, as individuals, as well as a company. I really liked them as, uh, as fellas, so to speak. Uh, but what I really fell in love with was the product. Um, the, you know, the product is built on three pillars and you guys are very familiar with these pillars and that's transparency, equality, and efficiency. The first two are for the consumer given to them by the um, practicing agent. And by the way, it's, it's interesting to note, or it's important to note that our product doesn't work without agents at both ends of the transaction. So um, we are fully committed to the agent as part of the process. 
So the first two are on behalf of uh, the consumer. The third one's really for the agent, the efficiency play, meaning taking offer and acceptance and placing it into software so that it can be accessible on a on a smart device or a phone or a tablet. It can 24-7, 365, worldwide, all that stuff, where it really should have been the whole dang time. So <laughs> I I saw what they were doing. I, I had a real connection with the three pillars they were building their uh, product on. Uh, and they, uh, interestingly enough, they asked me to find them a director of operations in North America through my network. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I came back to them and I said, you know what? I can't find anybody that's any better than me. So <laughs> we, we either start talking about uh, me coming on board or I got to stop looking because it's very frustrating. And then <laughs> a couple of months later, um, there I was, I was uh, part of the, part of the, um, the company and the team, the, the family that is open, which is really, yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Australians, but it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like what North America hears about Canada. Everybody's so dang nice. Mm. The Australians, man, they, they're just a bunch of good people and, and, and genuine and, and easy to work with. So they made that transition from First American, which is a fabulous company. If anybody's listening, I loved First American. I really did. They're great people. Uh, I just fell in love with this product. Awesome. And, and you're right. I mean, we, uh, as we, we, we spoke earlier and, and uh, we took a lot of our inspiration for what we do out of straight out of Australia. And that stemmed from a lot of conversations with a lot of good people over there. It's definitely, uh, it's refreshing. You, you want to think it's the norm everywhere, but there's a distinct difference between how nice and accommodating they are in, in every conversation we have with them about everything. So you're bang on. Well, it makes me feel bad because I'm, I'm, I'm from the U.S., right? So we got Canada that's all nice and Australia that's all nice. <laughs> Here in the U.S., we're just, we're just a bunch of... You're nice. <laughs> okay, it's like a nice sandwich. We're just, we're going to squeeze the nice right out of the U.S., right? There we're, you from, go. from all sides. From all sides. <laughs> Great. <laughs> right on. So, okay. So you, you got your start recently. I mean, not in the industry, yeah. but with open. And with that, there's been a flurry of activity, which I guess speaks to how quickly you stepped on the gas once, once you got in there. Um, I know that we are speaking at least live today. We're speaking to a Canadian audience. I know a lot of our listeners are across the States as well. And there's some interest uh, in the things I know there was an announcement after Canada and California, there's other announcements in other spots across the country. I'm sure you're working on endless things everywhere <laughs> right now. Um, there is a fragmented uh, industry in the United States, whereas in Canada, yeah. we were very fortunate. I mean, I can't even tell you how lucky we were to be able to connect with, um, you know, Korea and the realtor.ca uh, group yeah. to be able to participate at that high of a level. Uh, and, and there's nothing like that in the U.S. I mean, even Realtor.com, which was once owned and operated by the National Association of Realtors, is now a private entity. So where yeah. the consumers go, Zillow, Realtor, Redfin, those are private entities and right. you just don't have that connection. So you got to go to 560 multiple listing services, 800 boards. I don't know how many brokers, 80,000 brokers. I don't know. It's just, it's insane. It's, it's crazy. Like yeah. I, I just kind of learned about that and it kind of made sense that companies like Zillow did so well in the States and not so well here because we've got an amalgamation of all of the listings going on to realtor.ca, which is, you know, you take for granted, but really it's, oh it's God, such guys, a value. Yeah. You got it right. I mean, I, I, I know that there are arguments both sides, um, privatization, you know, that kind of stuff. But look, mm -hmm. as far as the industry is concerned, 
having that as a part of the industry, meaning, you know, with the Canadian Real Estate Association guidance, so, so important because we mm -hmm. are just a mess down here. Connecting with everything is a mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so good on you. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess we, we pay our dues into Korea. So yes, we're a part of Korea. So yeah, I'll take full responsibility for how awesome they are as an umbrella organization. <laughs> about my guys, they pay NAR and they pay their MLS and they pay their boards. And they, so. Oh yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it's, there's a lot of layers, but definitely uh, from where you sit, I mean, it definitely makes sense that you landed on the organization that oversees, you know, the multitude of boards and things that still lie within that, but at least they've got a finger on the pulse of everything. And so obviously the meat and potatoes of this is what it is that open does and will offer. But I am curious, just before we get there, how did that conversation start? And what was, was it you reaching out to Korea and like, what was their reception? What was the initial kind of courting period between one and the other? Or was it just a, uh, was it a natural, just they heard you're here and they wanted to learn more or you told them and they said, holy crap, that's available. Like, how did this all come together? It, it was love at first sight. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, of course. We, we locked eyes across a crowded room. That's and right. Little, little Korea was at the bar there. eating peanuts and you Cars walked in. Were going up. Exactly. <laughs> um, actually, it was because we were accepted into the uh, Reach Canada program. So we talked about that earlier, that the National Association yeah. of Realtors has this incubator. Well, they have a Canadian version, an Australian version, a UK version. I think they have a South American version now. And of course, the US, which has residential and commercial. So we were accepted from Australia directly into Canada, into that incubator. When that announcement was made, um, we connected through Reach Canada with um, uh, the team at CREA uh, and then subsequently Realtor.ca. But once we made that connection through the program, the conversations naturally led to the relationship. I mean, the, you know, you guys are you know, you're all familiar with what's going on in, in Canada as far as legislation, regulation, all that kind of stuff is concerned and blind bidding and, um, mm -hmm. and what a product like Open can bring to that conversation. Well, they're keenly aware of it as CREA, as the National Association, they're keenly aware of what's going on. They knew, just like most people did, they far ahead of when it became, uh, when it became either a law or um, whatever it is provincially. Um, yeah, they knew. Yeah. And so they said, wait a minute, you know, when, when we start talking about this product, you're solving a lot of problems for the industry. And I think as we go back to what I said earlier, that we are focused specifically on an agent at both sides. In fact, we don't even function without an agent at both sides of the transaction. Mm -hmm. Because of that, the relationship became a kind of a no brainer because there's really, there's really nobody else with that singular focus. And so we uh the, the conversations heated up it became you know more intense the relationship started to really you know get 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 somewhere we're getting a second base and all that kind of stuff and um <laughs> and then you know six months later <laughs> we uh we we had the the agreement in place to to put this into fruition and put this into into a beta format which we're you know, building right now, and man, it is, it is one tall order. I got to tell you, I've had to hire 14 people since wow. that, that announcement. Hmm. Wow. And that, and that announcement was, yeah, that was April, right? I think is when it was first, I don't know when the deal was 
came yeah. together, but I think April's when we all heard about it. I mean, we knew about it a little earlier, so I got a little jump on hiring. Most of my team came on in February and and March and then April. So, but we have, you know, it's just been fantastic, right? I mean, I, I just said that I was brought on board nine months ago, put together a, a very small team of three three players, you know, and then this started to happen. We talked about the success we're having with five or six MLSs. Uh, in mm-hmm. the United States. Um, but, it, you know, the beauty of it is it's all because of the conversation. It's yeah. all because people are talking about this. Mm-hmm. And it's really mm-hmm. because it's the right thing to do. My God, um, mm-hmm. you know, tra- uh, our managing general partners quote on most of our marketing material is it, it just makes sense. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's 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 so fun and it's so exciting. And that's why in nine months, we're probably where we should be should have been in three years. But Mm. Um, it's a great conversation to have. It's absolutely the right time, the right, the right tool, all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, when the announcement did come out and I know there's been subsequent communication from Korea. Um, and, and I think the nature of most people, they see kind of like what they want to see through an announcement and they might jump to conclusions (laughs) as to what the product actually is and what you're offering. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, <laughs> people don't jump to conclusions. No, <laughs> nobody in the industry jumps to conclusions. Not at all. Yeah. But I guess for people like I guess for the realtors in Canada, um, what does open, what is the intent of open? Like what, what are the services? And I know it might, it will likely differ based on the province because we're provincially regulated, but what, yep. what's the kind of um, main services that open will offer? Um, well, let me let me speak to the the, the concept first, and then I'll sure. we'll talk about that. Uh, the good. concept was to op- we were started by um, two very successful agents in Australia and um, a venture capitalist. So these two guys were solving problems in their industry, in which exists in every other industry and country, as we can see. Um, it was really to provide the industry, so provide the realtor with a tool that they can use against what would be otherwise known as, you know, a competition or, you know, some new disintermediation tool or anything like that. They wanted to provide the the industry with something that the consumers were demanding and other people were providing in different ways. So that's why in Australia, we didn't talk about this, but in Australia, there's two, there's actually two products. One is very much focused on auction and one is very much focused on private treaty, which is our offer and acceptance. We brought the private treaty product to North America. They still continue to have auctions. So we are very familiar with the difference between auction and offer and acceptance. This, this product open offers is made to provide the industry with an alternative to what is a straight auction product in Canada. And it's really important in Canada because it's my understanding, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe the, the viewers can correct me. In Canada, auction is unregulated. It doesn't have any you know, regulation. There's no regulatory body. There's no oversight. So people can get totally hosed, and there's nowhere for them to, to turn for help. So exactly. in Canada, it's even more important to have a tool like this for the mm-hmm. consumer to get what they want, get what they value, transparency and, and equality, and get it in a safe environment that's a regulated environment with true professionals 
watching over it on each side. So that was the thought behind it. As far as what the tool is, is what we decided to do was just mirror offer and acceptance. We didn't change anything. We just took it and put it into software. So we can debate all day long. And believe me, that's some of the best debates I've ever had as to why this hasn't been automated until very recently. Why wasn't somebody, I mean, with all the other electronic versions of the transaction, why wasn't offering acceptance automated? Because now by automating it 24 seven, right? 365 worldwide, anywhere in my hand, the way that people want to buy houses now, I want to push a button and I want it in my hand. I want to communicate. Um, and then the, the safety that comes with that, having it in software means we have a digital trail. So we talk about that equality piece, right? And we're super proud that we, we don't fix equality or bias in the, the, in the transaction. That, that's something you can't do. But we sure do help with it because um, the software doesn't see race, creed, color, or sexual orientation. It sees terms and conditions and it sees dollars. The participants are held to a standard, a, a conduct, right? And it's date, date and time stamp throughout the process. So if in fact they were doing some things unequally to the buyers, it, the data would show it. Um, mm -hmm. So it really helps with that piece of it. So we're talking about a product and a, and a concept that everybody should have had access to for many, many years, but here it is now. And is it unfortunate that it took some government legislation or government intervention? Yeah, but sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes that's what it takes. Uh, we have the DOJ down here doing things that are very similar to what the, uh, the uh, national government is doing in Canada. But you know, overall, what we wanted to do was just take it from this manual format of dropping off files at an office or FedExing things over, or courier, whatever the heck they're doing, stick, sticky notes on a, on a desk, and then automate it, make it efficient, make it trackable, um, and, and even, even reports and analytics and metrics that come out of this, this data was never captured before. So all this data about the transaction, about the offer and, and how many were there and what were the differences between each offer and how long did it take for the second offer to come in after the first and you know what were the mm -hmm. increments, all that data is now available to brokers and, and boards mm -hmm. and MLSs and realtors to put the reports together they need to really make good decisions and valuation models, especially. So yeah. the, the, the tool is nothing more than taking what everybody does right now. We even, we even took a Switzerland approach to forms. You don't have to use our forms. You use the same mm -hmm. form you always use. You just upload it into the system. And then okay. we took the same approach to uh, working with other technologies because we're going to need to work with transaction management. We're going to need to work with showing services. We'll, we have an API, an open API for everybody. So. Okay. If we could make it as simple as humanly possible and mirror what they do today in a manual process, then we thought that we uh, that we did everything correctly, and that's certainly what we're trying to do. Awesome. Well, there's. I'm I'm going to remind everybody who's watching if you've got questions, and you may now because there was a lot there to unpack, right? Which is good. Um, feel free to put them in the chat. We will, we will, uh, continue on our own here, but we'll keep an eye on that to see if you've got any questions, but I think most people, uh, and I, I'm going to use a generalization that maybe I shouldn't, but I think most people 
agree that transparency is long overdue, especially in our, well, I mean, in our province, we're in Ontario, but nationally, this is something that has been in the news for quite some time. It gains more headlines when the bidding wars take hold and when blind bidding is, is one of those driving forces that uh, people blame for prices going up and all that. And uh, that's a discussion for another day, but it doesn't change the fact that transparency has been lacking and the ability for realtors to disclose information has been limited by regulation for quite some time. That's now starting to change. The tides are shifting. And I think with that comes products like yours that will hopefully be able to provide a mechanism for people to make sense of how these regulations can serve mm-hmm. them better. Um what do you see? I mean, that th- there is the challenge of the regulations themselves, but when it comes to the minds and hearts of people in the industry who have been in it for a long time, you know, the I, I hesitate to use any words that might be misconstrued, but those who have been around for longer than others, right, and have grown accustomed to doing things a certain way and like it the way it is. Is this is your approach going to be? let's win the hearts and minds of the lowest hanging fruit first and the others will see how well it works. Or are you trying to come with a unified message that really says, Hey, wake up and get into, you know, 2022, 2023, because this is how it should be done, whether you believe it or not. Like, are, are you taking a softer approach or are, or are you just going to say like, folks, like, do you realize what you've been missing? Or is it kind of a, a cross <laughs> between the two? Well, I'm, I'm going to go with a, it's a combination, right? So, those who know me well know I'm kind of that, that bull in the China shop guy. Um, but I have a team that keeps me grounded in, in, in those, in those, when I have those thoughts, but what we're going to, what we're, what we're hoping for is what we saw in, in Australia. And that was uh, slow and gradual growth over the first couple of years. Now that it shouldn't take that long because of the environment now, but slow, gradual growth. And then what happened was FOMO set in because the consumer gravitated, right? We had an event and that was a national news story. So, you know, Channel 7 Eyewitness News, right? Did a story on open and they talked to all these consumers and they were all yelling and screaming and jumping up and down. And it it was fantastic. It was was an amazing Mm -hmm. news story. What happened after that news story was the consumer started to understand that this was available now and that their agents weren't telling them it was available. So they started moving to the agents that were using the product. So the product went from about a 5% adoption rate in Western Australia, which is where we started per Western Australia to a mm-hmm. 30% adoption rate. Mm-hmm. That happened relatively quickly once that news story hit. Well, we've kind of already got that news story thing going on now. So it, should, it shouldn't take that long. But once the consumer understands it's available, they will migrate immediately to the people mm-hmm. who are using it. Mm-hmm. Now we've done something that we, we've, we've acquiesced, I guess, to the industry. We've, we've done something that they did not do in Australia and for North America. We took the features in the product and we put toggles on each feature. So the listing okay. agent has the ability to turn on or off each feature depending upon what they and their seller determined to be what they want. It also helps with the provincial difference, right? So in a province, you you might not be able to show the dollar amount, but you can show the hierarchy. So the dollar gets turned off in that province. Or if the listing agent and the seller say, you know what, I don't want to show the dollar amount. Well, then they can turn it off. So we we programmed into the product 
toggles in the feature sets. So technically, a listing agent could go from very limited transparency to boom transparency. It's up to them. And of course, by, by you know, province by province, what it is. So we did make a, an adjustment to the differences between North America and Australia when it comes mm -hmm. to um, uh, the acceptance, the understanding of it. But I, I firmly believe that what will happen is you'll start off with a lower level and you'll move towards full transparency because the, the consumer is going to force that message. They, they have everywhere something like this has been instituted, whether it was the UK or Australia or New Zealand or any other country, you can clearly see from the data that it starts to happen. And when it hits the hockey stick, it's usually some kind of an event like that news story. But for mm -hmm. us in North America, I think we're already at that news story. Um, right. we, just, we just have to create that same buzz around it. But it, it'll happen. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. From a practical perspective, so if a listing agent wants to use open, is it, I guess my first question, is it a like one listing at a time or is it a subscription basis or how does that work for them? Um, currently, we're still building the monetization strategy for Canada okay. and the, technically the U.S., um, yeah. But in all likelihood, it'll follow a uh, SaaS model, which would be licensing at the uh, board MLS level and subscription at the agent broker level with enterprise packages for the larger okay. brokers and brands. And then there'll okay. be some premium stuff around the data, right? So uh, if, you wanna, if you want access to the data or if you want us to build uh, reports from the data, that kind of stuff may come with an extra cost, but um, it should be very affordable. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the agents are concerned, uh, because we really want the adoption uh, to take place. That's, that's where it gets more powerful. That's where everything starts to really get interesting. When, when you get to 30% of a marketplace using the product, then everything starts. It's like a, it's like, you know, wheels on a, on a, on a truck, you know, when, once they get greased properly, they just roll better and it all works better. So yeah. your, all your expenses go down. I, I've got a couple questions and they don't really tie together. I was trying to think of a way to make it one big question, but they won't answer, be. So that's good. Um, so well, the, the first one's an easy one, just in terms of the actual user interface is the thought right now in Canada that this just becomes kind of a subset or an applet on a realtor.ca listing. Like that's what people would expect to see it as. Uh, it could be a listing anywhere. In this case, we're talking about realtor.ca, but we built the technology so that if a, a board wanted to put it on their front-facing site, if a broker wanted to put it on their front-facing site, uh, that could be done individually or it could push down from realtor.ca. But in, in theory, it's a make an offer button. Uh, and it's we push back the data to the front-facing site so they can list it there if they want. So for example, realtor.ca will, uh, the plan is to show how many offers there currently are on that property, what the highest offer is, and some other uh, information that we push back. So that they want to actually show that to the consumer. So the consumer right from the start has that information. And then when they click through the button, they'll come into the system and they'll see everything once they're approved. That's another thing that people don't understand about the product. Because it's controlled by the agents on both sides, the offer that comes in comes in from a buy side agent a buyer's agent um, and then it's placed into a queue where the listing agent and the seller review it and determine whether or not it should come in so 
if the terms mm -hmm. and conditions aren't complete or if there's something wrong or there's paperwork that's not correct, they can push back and say, you know what, before it comes in, fix this and fix that, then we'll let it in. So there's a lot of control still with the professional to be able to make sure that what they have is a legitimate offer. And remember I told you it, our, our system doesn't function without realtors mm -hmm. because what we found so, so quickly is when there's a realtor on each side of the transaction, you have trust that who they're working with is a real person. We were talking earlier about how things, how people get in trouble. Well, what's going to, what happened in another country that will be nameless. They had a company that was a straight auction company competing with another company that shall be nameless. They got caught putting their own bids into the system to make it look better. Well, that's because there was no oversight in that particular on the, for the auction people, but for the, the other guys, there was, that's going to happen. And that's what's going to change people's direction, right? That's going to be yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. You know, this, this, so it, it works best with agents in it. And that's because you can trust it. You can, you know, that whoever's in there has been vetted by a professional and they're, they're supposed to be there. They're qualified to be there. The, you know, they, they, they have what they say they have. So vital piece of the, of the puzzle is being able to trust. If you can't trust the system, it's no better than anything else. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how does, when it comes to sharing data, I mean, the, the seller makes the decision that they want more transparency in the process. And, and likewise, you know, buyers generally want to see what they're up against and have a yeah. sense of, you know, I mean, it, it always may, and we, and we know this from our experience with, with what we've done in open offers as well is, is, you know, obviously buyers, love this, right? Give Buyers more, love it. Um, is there a mechanism in there though that requires both sides of the transaction to understand and approve of the fact that the data is being seen by more people potentially than just buyer and seller? Or is that inherent in when you make an offer that is effectively what you're agreeing to do at the time of making one? It's in the terms of use, in terms of service. Um, and we all read those. And before we <laughs> sure check we the do. box- of course we do, um, but it is in there, and it does. There are it's a permission-based systems, so uh, the seller gives permission to use the system, and the um, and be, and the buyers um, have their terms of use that says you'll you'll use the system, you'll use it fairly, you will only upload uh, documents that are approved forms from your province. All those things are kind of fit fit in it, but it's all covered in the terms of use. So again, goes back to trust right? You want to be able to create an environment where people um, know when they, when they were, when they're done with it, they were treated fairly. We actually, you know, through time you learn things, right? And you, uh, you upgrade or you add things. We added one little thing, a little star next to the dollar amount, and it indicates conditional or unconditional. Most mm -hmm. agents use that for um, all cash or finance, but you can use it for other things like contingency, non-contingency. Um, and we're actually looking at more different ways to do this. But right now the system has a star. So we put that in there because there were times because this is offering acceptance and not auction mm -hmm. that the seller accepted the third highest offer because it had the best terms and conditions attached to so it. Maybe it closed faster. Um, you know, maybe it was uh, all cash versus financing, but there was a reason that they went with number three. Well, that was causing a problem. Because people who said, wait a minute, I have the highest offer. Why is the third highest offer? This, this is rigged. It's, you know, 
So, okay, let's solve this problem. Put a little star by it. Now the person who has the highest offer in doesn't win, but he looks over and sees that star and go, okay, they mm -hmm. wanted the all cash offer or they wanted the non-contingent offer. So you can do small things to add lots of transparency mm -hmm. to get back to the trust. And if, again, if, if, if people don't trust it, yeah. it's not going to work. That's so true. Um, so in terms of um, the markets like that we're operating in, obviously the last couple of years has been really crazy. Lots of bidding wars, lots of uh, competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're definitely have hit a period where things are a lot slower. Um, does this product work in instances where there's not as much competition? Is this like, are you listing a property with an offer date still, or could it just be welcoming offers anytime? Um, and just. It can, like, there, there's I mean, an offer period, anything. right? The listing agent okay. sets an offer period says for the next 20 days or whatever they say, uh, okay. we're going to accept offers on this property. But the interesting thing about what you said, Katie was, this product was um, created six years ago in Australia by those mm -hmm. two agents, right? It was created in what would be considered the worst down market in Australian history. There was, okay. there were no offers coming in anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so they put this product into, uh, into the industry. And what it did was it created offers. Now they were typically lower than the selling, uh, you know, selling agent would set the price, but all of a sudden, the selling agent or listing agent had social proof to communicate to the seller about that market that day right now. So mm -hmm. what was happening was $800,000 listing price. They were getting two offers down at 700 and 690. The agent was able to communicate easier to the seller that this is really where we, we, we should be. This is our social proof. There's no offers on any of these, but we got two offers at this spot. So mm -hmm. it, was, it was creating a better relationship between the professional and the consumer because now it, they didn't look like it was all their fault. It was like, no, let, let's look at the data, the data, the data, mm -hmm. the data. So just the automation alone and the ease of use and all the things that come with that, the efficiency piece. But by automating it and having the data available, the conversations were better. And then what would happen was somebody would say, oh, look, they're getting a heck of a deal, 700,000 for this. And say, if I just go 705, that's still pretty good. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you had another offer in the system. Now it mm -hmm. was barely more than seven and still lower than what you thought, but you yeah. could then make an educated decision as a seller and a listing agent this is really what we're going to get. We're going to get 705,000. Do we want to do it or pull it off the market and, you know, look at this again in six months. So information, education, data is still applicable, even in a down market. And it still makes for a better transaction. Well, I, I think, yeah, you, you hit it on the head, like data is everything. And now more than ever, people want as much information as they can. In this case, more people will have access to that information in real time. Mm -hmm. The data itself, and I don't know if this is determined or if the rules are different from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but when it comes time that the, uh, I was going to say auction, that the, that the offer process is going, it ends, the data is out there, and I suspect it would live on in isolation on a transaction by transaction, provided these things are allowed to just remain as a his history of a property. 
does the aggregated data belong to anybody or does each set of data belong to the listing agent who put it out or their seller or like, is there any definition to, and this could be a whole discussion, I know, but like. uh, It's a fantastic question though, right? Um, What the, the direction we've decided to take was the data belongs to the broker. Um, uh, and they are allowed to do with it what they please. We use it for aggregation to uh, provide back reports, analytics, and metrics to the broker or maybe to the MLS, um, you know, using it. But ultimately, the data belongs to the broker, at least until such a time that the province overrides that or the state in the United States overrides it. Um, and then we, there's no... The raw data itself is not accessible. It's behind encryption, but the aggregate data can be added to other data sets, for example, to get like a to help with valuation. In Australia, interestingly enough, now after six years, the uh, the appraisal institute looks at our data to mm-hmm. uh, to make adjustments yeah. if necessary. So if if we can show them clearly through the data that this house. You know, 20 people were in and around $800,000 on this house. And you're saying it's 700,000. You really need to take another look because I got 20 people that were qualified to purchase a house that say it's worth 800,000. Let's take a better look. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. they make adjustments if, if in fact they decide to, and then the, the, the buyer gets financed a lot easier. So we, the data, the data, the data, we now have today's information about that product. We're not we're not telling people what happened six months ago, 12 months ago, six years ago, uh, you know, how much it sold for way back when, that kind of stuff. It's, it's in today, in 2022, it's ridiculous for us to, to use six months old or 12 month old, or even last week's data, something sold in the neighborhood last week. And so now we're going to value this house. No, no, no. We got it right now today by the hour. And we've, we can tell you how many people were in a certain range of that mm-hmm. price to really hone in on whether or not the value has been, uh, you know, uh, correctly uh, assessed. Right. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Go back to data, data, data. That's all we need. Um, what, like, going back to like just the negotiation side of things. How how does that work? If let's say. Um, whether or not they have one offer or three offers, if they want to work with an offer, but want to try to negotiate a little on price or terms or whatever, how does that work with, um, with open? There's a communication tool within uh, the software that can basically either call email or chat within okay. the software. And that's all, yeah. by the way, it's all recorded. Now we don't record mm-hmm. the phone conversation. We just record a, a conversation took place at two o'clock or whatever it might be. So it's all okay. part of the part of the data, right? But they can communicate within that and then they can improve their offer if they choose, or they can um, update their terms and conditions. They can upload another form. So again, by province, by state, um, yeah. they may or may not have to fill out an entire new form, or they may or may not have to put in a, an appended form. Or mm-hmm. it can just be written in any form. So they could just type it in textually into one of our you know, uh, text boxes and say, we're changing this terms and condition, or they upload their web form or their lone wolf form or whatever it might be. Okay, okay. And so it's, again, it's, it's, it's the same process as you yeah. would do today. We just give you an automated tool to make it a little easier and more efficient and to get that date and timestamp on it. There's, I've heard stories of brokers who were asked by 
provincial regulators and maybe even the, the national government to provide the last 500 transactions, the files for them. Can you imagine a broker having wow. to go find 500 files of the yeah. last transactions, put them in boxes, put them in a pickup truck, bring them over to this person? That, <laughs> with our system now, with data, you can push a button and have the PDFs created and, and sent. Done. Good, goodbye. Yeah. I mean, yeah. now if the provincial regulators or whoever the governing body is wants to see that these last 500 transactions were done correctly or consumer complains and yeah. they want to know, then all you do is push a button because it's automated now, the data, yeah. right? Here's a PDF. Boom. Have a good time. Yeah. Well, even from a trends perspective, because you start seeing the trends of, you know, either up or down market or anything on the ground level, like with the de decrease in the showing activity or decrease in the offer interest or anything like that first, before we really start seeing an impact in the statistics and all that. So even from that perspective, having that information and being able to hopefully make better judgment on where things are heading um, can be really helpful as well for everybody. Oh, great call. My God, that's, you nailed it. That is, that is something that's available now um, that everybody should be you know, excited about, especially brokers. Mm -hmm. I think the brokers yeah. should really be excited about this data because they're going to be able to make some decisions now that they never were able to make before. And you know, yeah. I don't know if it's the same in Canada. I suspect it is. But in the USA, when I talk to brokers, there's two words on their minds every day, all day, retention mm. and recruiting. Mm. The ones who have a tool like ours are finding both of those things are so much easier to do now because they have data. For example, you now know that these, this agent was very active in the open platform as a listing agent. This, these agents were in the open platform as buying agents and highly successful. Mm. You got some great data, got some yeah. great data. So yeah. if that's really on their minds every day, like it is down here, by putting this in software, we've created this whole new, huge, you know, basket of data mm -hmm. for brokers to use. That's really interesting. Daniel, Definitely. I, I, I could ask questions you until have, like, next many. Tuesday. I feel but, like you had a lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not quite I, sure I have till next Tuesday. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I, it's, we we, we, <laughs> we'll we wrap will wrap it up soon. I'm curious, like on the regulatory side, because, I mean, we all deal with this in different ways here. And like you said, it's different jurisdiction to jurisdiction, not just in Canada, but specifically in our backyard. Is Open's approach to this in such a way that, like you said, it's customizable to adapt and abide by whatever the rules are in whatever jurisdiction it's in? Who is going to be tasked with the actual, I guess, enforcement, for lack of a better word of that? Is that where Korea will then step in and, and are they advising open or is it now they've got access and brokerages and boards have access to the tool and it's kind of like, we're going to equip you with the ability to make this work within your rules, but you do that? Or are, is the product going to arrive in Ontario as a for Ontario product that doesn't... Um, I guess where I'm coming at here is when you get a broker who doesn't know to toggle or doesn't think to toggle, right? And all of a sudden something goes out on the platform and the prices are seen by everybody and the shit hits the fan cross province and it's in the papers everywhere. Nobody wants that. Is there a mechanism in place that's just going to disallow that until it's allowed in certain areas? 
I think the oversight is going to be the same as it is today. And so what our plan to do is, again, we'll go back to that. Remember I said this, there's 20 features right. the, and, and they all have toggles on them. So uh, what we would like to be able to do, and this will be with the approval of, and there's a lot of people who have to approve the approval of Korea and realtor.ca because they're, they're the genesis, the regulators in that marketplace, the MLSs and boards in that marketplace and the brokers in that marketplace, they all have to kind of agree. But the theory is very simple. If it's Ontario, we will turn off the features that are currently not available through regulation and push right. that into Ontario. Right. It'll, it'll be a different set for uh, BC and a different set for uh, Quebec and all the way through. Now, the, the beauty of having it in an on and off switch is if the provincial regulators make a change, which they are all talking about doing, that allows more transparency, then it's on an on off switch. We, mm -hmm. As soon as that change is made, the regulators tell us what that is. We communicate with CREA and Realtor.ca and say, okay, we're going to turn this one on. And now all of Ontario has the proper on and off switch set. So that's the theory behind the whole thing. But it takes, man, you've heard that it takes a village thing in Canada. It really does because it's, it's CREA, Realtor.ca, you know, that have it at the genesis. We got to make sure the regulators are okay with it. We got to make sure the boards are okay and the brokers. Yeah. And then once you've got that in place, you know, you've got your on and off switches correctly set, you know, you're in a much better place, I think. Well, mm -hmm. at least, you know, that's that's our story and we're sticking to it. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I think that's kind of how, and I'm sure you've, you've obviously dealt with it, but just you kind of have to roll it with that way. Like you have the idea, you have the concept, it makes sense. And you'll make, you have to make adjustments along the way as you start to see different things come up. Um, we've found for ourselves, you know, people find ways around things. People find ways to, you know, just, you know, be very creative, <laughs> uh, but you know, you put the controls in place and you just got to kind of put it out there and, and make yeah. adjustments as you go. Yeah. You got to trust people. I mean, yeah. you know, we're not going to change the fact that there may be some bad people in the industry. They're going to try to do whatever they can to, yeah. to get gain advantages, whether that's on the up and up or not. But the beauty is it's all in software now and, and there's probably a way to track it and to identify mm -hmm. those people who are consistently abusing exactly. the system, which is yeah. good for the consumer because we can help, we can help them uh, filter through uh, what could otherwise be a very dangerous situation, somebody who doesn't quite have their interests at heart. So right. I, as much as, I know we've talked a lot about the industry, right? As much as this uh, tool was built for the industry because it was built by two um, uh, realtors, yeah. it's really built for the consumer. They yeah. are the ultimate um, uh, user of this product because it gives them what they feel. And this is according to every poll that's ever been taken over the last 20 years. They've lost faith. They've lost trust. They don't think it's fair, especially around the diversity and inclusion issues. Those mm -hmm. things have reared their ugly head and allowed so many disruptors and intermediaries to jump into this now it's all convoluted and people don't know if they're safe or not safe in this transaction um you can't even tell sometimes now you know like i talked about earlier that in that in that undisclosed country where that auction house was putting in their own bids to drive up the price on people you know I, what do you 
thing to do. You just, yeah. you're out there and you think, you think everything's fine and it looks yeah. pretty. Look at how pretty this website is and look how easy the buttons are pushed. And, but behind it, there's just people, you know, 16 year old Russian kids waiting to take all your money. It's just, right. you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I think a big reason we wanted to have this talk was because of things like that that are out there and because of the sensitivity people have to the whole idea of transparency as a whole, but specifically here, people equate whenever they hear the word open with one end, you know, it, it, immediately they think it's, it's unregulated auctions or something to that effect is what people jump to the conclusion. And right. I think the media, as you probably know, jumped on this with headlines of their own that took what was a pretty vague press release and maybe that was purposely so. I don't know, but it was a pretty vague. Uh, but it was it was a pretty vague press release, and it allowed it got good buzz. But it also got a lot of people inside and outside of the industry saying, "Holy shit, an auction company! We're not allowed to do that. There's an auction company coming, and there's going to be all this stuff that's not allowed happening. And who do they think they are? And who does Korea think they are making these representations and all that? And so, um, initially, when you and I spoke, you know, a little while back, just because it was of interest to actually, hey, why don't we all stop and ask the question, right? I mean, it's at some point, it'll, there will be more meat on the bone for the public, and it's yeah. available, like you're not hiding, clearly, like, you know, you're, you're around, but at the same time, uh, I guess it's a, it's a walk run uh, approach right now, despite the fact it's happening so quickly, and taking yeah. hold so quickly. So the, the reason we wanted to have you out here was to, I think, eliminate some of those stories people are telling themselves about what open is. Um, there's a lot more we could talk about, but, you know, being respectful of everybody's time, I think, um, I don't know if you have uh, a call to people with more questions. Is there, a, should they be reaching out to the company, to you directly, to Korea? Um, all the above. Um, if they have questions that might be applicable at the Korea or realtor.ca level, there's, there's groups there that will um, certainly answer them. Um, any of my guys are happy to do that. Uh, we, uh, you can go on the website and fill out the form like everybody else and, and ask your question. That's not a problem. Um, feel free to uh, uh, give people my email. That's not a problem. Um, we, we want to be able to answer the, that's why I'm doing the tours, right? The, yeah. I'm, I'm out there talking to the press and I'm out there talking to the podcasters of the world and, and the industry. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to help them understand that the, the tool that we're providing is a tool for the industry and it's a tool for the consumer to feel safe and, and treated fairly. Um, that's the, that's what we get up for every morning, every morning. The first thing I see on my wall is transparency, equality, efficiency. That's mm -hmm. it. And if we, if we do anything, when I'm working with my product team and they say, okay, we're going to do this to this pro this feature or that, and we're going to add that. I go, what does it do for the consumer and for the professional? And if mm -hmm. you can check those boxes, put it in. Mm -hmm. If you can't put it aside, we'll get to it later. So you know, once we, if we can get people to calm down a little bit and get on board and try the product, um, yeah. then we're going to see the, the, the kind of fantastic success we've seen in Australia with those kind of numbers. I mean, I've been around a long time. I won't say how much, but it's been a long time. Um, and I, I, I don't see 30 and 35 and 40% adoption rates on, on technology very often. So, right. yeah. um, but the consumer loves the environment they feel safe, they feel treated correctly. 
um, they actually start to like their, their agents and their brokers, the relationships mm -hmm. get better. Uh, and so that's what drives the product. And that's why we're pretty comfortable. It'll be successful. Definitely. So what are the next steps where, when are we going to hear from open and Korea next in terms of what's going on? It's coming, it's coming soon. Come um, soon. <laughs> the, the Sunday, 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 Sunday. The monster truck guy. Um, <laughs> where the integration is exceptionally um, difficult because of what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, 1.9 billion visitors and however many transactions there are through there and all the things that have right. to be incorporated, uh, you know, association with realtors and the provincial stuff. So what we thought might, might be August, uh, may, may look more like September for our first pilot. Uh, we've got a couple of brokers uh, and um, uh, boards set up to do that. And then if all goes well, keep our fingers crossed uh, before the end of the year and going into 2023, uh, the Canadian public, the buyers and sellers of Canadian real estate can be um, transacting in a very uh, efficient and fair environment. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that that's the case. Awesome. Nice. Will, will, will it be an option? Like when it does go national, national, is it still strictly on an opt-in basis or is there any feature that will be implemented that doesn't require the approval of like a broker to implement it? Like, is there a Korea level implementation or is it all sort of on a transactional basis? Uh, it's all going to be opt-in at some level. Okay. It's going to, you know, and it all, I would think that the, the work, the, the phrase that you use is seller's consent, right? It's all going to be based on seller consent, at least in the beginning. Um, at some mm -hmm. point in time, there may be some changes and upgrades and all that, but it's all about seller's consent. But again, I go back to, you know, slowly but surely, there'll be a small amount of sellers. Keep in mind that 85% of sellers become buyers. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's kind of hard to say when I'm a seller, mm -hmm. I don't want to tell anybody anything, but when I'm yeah. a buyer, I want to know it all. Right. You know, we, as a human being, we, we, we don't process things like that very often. Some do, some don't, but you'll yeah. just, you'll get the people who get it. They'll start using it. They'll find success. It'll be easy. It'll, it'll feel good to them. They'll feel like they were treated fairly. They'll tell their friends, they'll tell two friends and so on. And, and then it just will spike when that comes. We can only hope it comes soon because again, it's, it is consumer advocacy at its finest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, before I let you go, I have to say I'm just chuckling to myself because I'm watching the live feed and there's the uh, the captions beneath. And we're every live. time we are, you know, we're live. Oh my god! Yeah, we are. We are. We are live. We're we're coast to coast live, right live, now. Live, live, live. Uh, but I'm I'm seeing every time we say Korea, it reads it out as Korea. And so oh. when I'm telling oh people contact Korea. They're seeing contact Korea, Korea and Korea South has no oversight over this. So yeah, no, yeah, we're, we're not distinguishing which, which Korea, but uh, South or North Korea. That would be, and, and it keeps popping up here in front of me, Korea, Korea, Korea. Yeah. So that would be C-R-E-A we're referring to the Canadian Real Estate Association, not the country in Asia. But uh, I suspect everybody listening is well aware of that. But just in case you're looking for the email address for Korea, don't, don't. Clear. yeah, just stop there. Don't, don't call. Don't yeah, yeah, no, yeah. there is no Korea. direct line to Korea with answers about open. I don't well, think. Actually, you can call Dennis Rodman. That's true. And then Dennis will will put you in contact with Korea. So it'll be all right. That's true. He's he knows some pretty uh, some pretty high people in yeah. pretty low price places. But maybe I shouldn't say that on live air. Dennis God knows who's listening. Dennis Rodman.com. That's 
Oh, okay. <laughs> It'll go right to him. There you go. The unofficial partner of Level Northern Up and Open. North Korea. And North yeah. Korea. And North That's Korea. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Wait for the headlines Perfect. tomorrow where there's a scandal that Open has just unofficially. Uh, yeah. Okay. You've coordinated with Dennis Rodman in North Korea and you're late. Throw Dennis Rodman under the bus, which, <laughs> which is frightening because I live in Newport Beach and he lives in Newport Beach. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. He could literally come over and pound me into the ground now. Well, well, your background is blurred, so I don't know if he's in the room with you or not right now. Oh, no, you know, there'd be a very tall shadow going past. That's true. Oh, man. Perfect. Well, thanks, Eric. We appreciate your time and just your openness to uh, share everything that you guys are up to. Um, and we're excited to see how things go. I think it's something, as you said, that consumers first and foremost need and are looking for. And I think um, the industry will slowly, well, a lot of them are already there and recognizing the importance of this, but I think we'll, we'll get there with everybody else and it'll be a good step um, in, a, in the right direction for the industry. Be the realtor that gives the consumer what they want and see what happens. It'll uh, it'll be good for business. Let me. Just what say what a concept, right? What a what concept. concept. Yeah. What a concept. And thank thank you both. It's been a great time. That hour flew by. I can't believe that it, we were there for an hour. Look at yeah. my granddaughter just started uh, fussing. So timing Aww. is perfect. There you go. Awesome. Well, we <laughs> appreciate right, well, your the time. Day. Thanks, take everybody. Care. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,